This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into episode 413 of After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. A few things to talk about. Sabres hitting Florida for a two-game trip. Lindy Ruff on the chopping block, apparently, uh, talking about firing Lindy in New Jersey. So what could his future hold after New Jersey if that were to happen? We can maybe get into that. And um, uh, a, a major amount of disappointment today for me, uh, I listened to a friend of mine on the radio. Um, he does a, an appearance every other week on Shred and Reagan and uh, 97 Rock here in Buffalo. And uh, you can go to their uh, uh, site and, and you know, have a listen if you want to. But so I was listening to my buddy who played 923 games in the NHL. Um, he was a defenseman in the NHL. And someone I thought was a, a rather solid historian of the game. Then Shred and Reagan asked him how old Tim Horton was when he died. <laughs> yeah. Now, 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 if if anyone were to, if if this question were to be asked in Canada by anybody born before nineteen eighty eight, I don't know why I said eighty eight because I'm born in eighty, and I'd like to believe that our generation kind of learned a little more about the history of the game. And when you said twenty eight, Craig, I just about I just about drove my car into a Tim Hortons, kind of like Ryan O'Reilly. I just. I couldn't believe you said 28 years old. He was 44 and he died in St. Catharines, my hometown. So that's maybe why I had an advantage there. But I I didn't. I had no idea. I, to be honest, I had no idea. I can tell you this. Thoroughly enjoy his coffee. Thank you, Tim Horton, for opening uh, your your stores all across the basically the world. Okay. I had no idea how long Tim Horton had played in the NHL. And now all of a sudden it's like, you know, you, you go and do a little research because I, I made myself look like an idiot. Cause I said, Oh, I played till he was 28. And then all of a sudden I found out it was 44. I had to go back and look him up. 
He played 1,446 games. Mind-blowing. Um, so I was way so, off. Did you see this? Uh, a case of mystery hockey cards found in a Canadian basement fetches $3.7 million at an auction. Inside, there could be more than 20 rookie cards of Wayne Gretzky. Could you imagine? So is it a mystery box that was put together by no. somebody or was it it was found? Does anyone know what's in the box? They know that there's 16 boxes of hockey cards in a great big um cardboard box that on the outside it has hockey uh action cards with bubble gum right oh so and they're still they're still in the packages they're in the packages so oh, there's okay. 16 boxes okay 16 boxes of hockey cards in a big box from the like the 1980s it's and it's sold it sold for um, an unopened case of hockey cards found in a basement. Um, has earned a family in Canada three point one million dollars U.S. at an auction. I thought that was like, and and you're you're a big hockey card guy, right? The old uh, the old Apici cards and uh, yeah. score you know, tops tops. It's that is like that is like the ultimate dream come true for the collectors of hockey cards. Could you imagine getting a box, a big cardboard box filled with 16 boxes of unopened hockey cards from the 80s, from the from 1980, which is basically, you know, the Wayne Gretzky era. The question is, does the person who paid $3 million for them open them or do you leave it as a mystery? So I mentioned, I mentioned off the top, Lindy Ruff is on the hot seat. Did you hear this? I didn't. That you shocked me. You, yeah, you gave me a shocker uh, this morning. Where, where, some, where did you hear that? Well, just go type in the old search there, fire Lindy and, uh, <laughs> you know, up, up uh, it comes. Yeah. Have the, have the devil, let me, let me, there's two parts to this question. Like, Man, do you believe they, the team overachieved last year? Just grossly overachieved? Well, they lost two players. They lost two really good players. They signed a player that might, might be a dud. You're so, talking about Timo Meyer, I would imagine, right? Yeah. Is that, is that Lindy? He's fault? got 11 goals, 24 points. He's minus 24 and they paid him $8.8 million a year. Yeah. If that's not a bust, I don't know what is. Did, I can't remember. Is Lindy the GM also? I thought they just extended Fitz. Uh, no, Fitz, uh, Fitz, uh, Gerald, Fitzgerald. Right? Yeah. Lindy Ruff is a scapegoat. So I guess after a loss last week, Jack Quinn said that we are in, we are in need of an attitude change. Interesting. You you had mentioned to me the goaltending is not helping either. Like you look at all the goaltending uh players that have that that have played this year and it's it's stunk to high hell. The goaltending is terrible. 
it is a it, it's a a real sore spot in New Jersey right now. But again, it's like you know Jasper Bratt, Jack Hughes, Toffoli, Nico Hirscher, Ula, Luke Hughes. I mean, you just go through. They're they're young. They're a very talented hockey team. My question that I I go back to is you know they lost they lost some some players some key players um from last year's roster and kind of replaced them with one big name guy in uh Timo Meyer and Timo Meyer is is stinking to high hell and when you're paying a guy that much money and you're not getting his worth then you, you, the team's going to struggle that's not on Lindy that's on Timo Meyer. That's on on the players. Do you not think? Maybe it's on the on the makeup of the team. I mean, it sounds very similar to what's going on here in Buffalo. Underachieving. So there's yep. there's a lot more going on in New Jersey than just Lindy Ruff. So he signed a um, multi year extension on October 11th this year, this season, right before the season started. Yeah. So you know, he's they're not missing going Dougie anywhere. Hamilton. He's not going anywhere. These are just these are just angry media members and, and fans. They're not they're not they're not getting rid of Lindy. Well, especially after you, how long was his deal? Two, three years, I would imagine. Probably well, making some years, pretty damn good money. Probably three years. He's probably yeah. making what, three million, three and a half million? At least. At least. At I wish least. they'd post I wish they'd post that. Yeah, I wish they would post all the all the coaches' salaries. The player salaries are out there. Why can't you post the the coaches? Well, so. let me go. Let me ask you this: where Where are you going with this? Where are you going with this? Um, okay. Oh, well, I was just gonna say if he gets fired, I know he has a good relationship with the Bagulas, Terry especially. I think Lindy Ruff would make a great president of hockey ops. Boom shakalaka. Or special advisor to the GM, or something in some kind of an uh, just a higher just there, apartment. just there being another voice that can give an opinion. And at the end of the day, Kevin Adams is the one who makes decisions here. Okay, he is the leader. He is the one making the decisions. But you can't have yes men in in that thought process. You always want people that are going to test you, give different opinions. Have you look outside of maybe what your comfort zone is and, and what what you can what you can see and what you're thinking about? If you have people that always are like, yes, that oh yes, I really like how you're you're thinking here. I think we should go after this player. You you want you want people like Lindy. I think he's been in the league a very long time, and you know he he would be someone that, I mean. He would be an a, a, an extremely welcome addition. Just as a hockey person, he's been around hockey a long time. He's seen the changes from the time when he was playing in the eighties, and then coaching in the nineties, the two thousand, and 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 so on. The games changed. The type of player has changed. The personality of the players have changed, and building his team in a salary cap era is, is not as easy as what it may think, what you might think. So any, any time that you can get people that are very capable and that been around this game a long time, I'm not saying that Lindy Ruff is going to get fired, but if he did, 
man, would it be a phone call. I would, I would literally be phoning him five minutes after he got fired and ask him to come to Buffalo to help out. Do you imagine if Lindy came back, though? There would be billboards everywhere with Lindy Ruff all over it, just welcoming him back. Kind of like there are billboards everywhere with Salino Law. Everywhere. And they got the new number on him and everything. 888-888-8888. And you know what they say? Car crash call Salino. 888-888-8888. The Sabres game plan tonight against the Florida Panthers. And the last thing I would want is to give up Sam Reinhardt's 40th goal to his old team. That would, would piss not me. Care, I couldn't care less if he scored a hat-trick tonight, as long as we win the game. Because this is all about winning. Everything is about winning. Okay? Sam Reinhardt, who passed a puck over to his teammate, who went and scored a goal, and... And thinking Sam Reinhardt understands that at the end of the day, it's about building confidence among the entire group, not just having one player have a career year. Sam Reinhardt doesn't give a shit about that. He gives a shit about winning. And, you know, you said to me, well, he hasn't got a a, a goal since the Sabres. So they've played four games since the Sabres. They've won three out of four. They lost a one nothing game to Carolina. They beat Tampa Bay 9-2. They've beat Ottawa. They've beat uh, Capitals. I don't think Sam Reinhart cares about not scoring his 40th. I don't think he's worried about that at all. I think Sam Reinhart's focus is probably trying to score 50. It's probably a milestone for himself deep down inside to score 50. What do you think 40 is? Uh, it is a milestone because I think the most he's scored is what 30. What's, what's the most well, Sam Reinhardt scored, scored 33, two years ago, his first year in Florida, he scored 31 last year after I think a really slow start last year. Yes, that's true. Like, I think he had two goals in his first 15 games last year. Yeah. So I, I mean, he's going to have a milestone at 40 to score 40, but I think, I think Sam is, is looking to try and score 50. He needs 11 more goals, um, 20, 24 more games. I think it's doable. But right now for the Sabres, in the way that they're thought, it shouldn't be just shutting down Sam Reinhardt, his, the old team teammate. I mean, Sam Reinhardt's been gone for three years. Like, I don't care about Sam Reinhardt. I don't care about Jack Eichel. I don't care about Rasmus Ristolainen, the old guards of... of I do. I don't. I do. It's not anything against Sam. It's just it's the storyline. Like you don't want to be the. Think about it. Oh, Sam Reinhardt scores his fortieth first time in his career against his old team. Uh, but is that is that going to be the storyline if the Sabers beat Florida Panthers? Well, here's the thing. I Are know they the going to be talking like, well and "Hey, Sam Reinhardt be... just scored his fortieth goal against ex- his old team"? I don't team. expect. I don't expect. The Sabres to beat Florida tonight. That's that's the whole thing here, and I'm not. And if they don't, it's totally understandable. Florida okay. is a monster. Well, can I ask you a question? Yeah, let's go for it. Is Boston a monster? Oh yeah, here we go. Anyone can beat anybody. I get it. I just just an, just answer. Just please answer my questions. Boston is, is a monster. Is Vancouver a monster? Vancouver is a monster. Or is is the Rangers a monster? Oh yeah, they're a monster. Is Dallas a monster? Eh. 
is Winnipeg a monster? Yeah. Yes, I think is Colorado right. a monster? Yes. Is Toronto Maple Leafs a monster? Oh yeah, they beat all these teams, right? Is Carolina Hurricanes a yeah, monster? Yeah, they are. They are. What about Vegas Golden Knights? They are too. They so listen to me. Too, I just yeah. named the top ten teams in the National Hockey League. Buffalo Sabers have beaten every single one of them except for one. You want to know which team that is? Florida Panthers. So what I will say is going into tonight's game, I think the Sabres can beat any team in this league if they play the right way. They've beaten nine, nine of the top 10 teams in the league this year. They've beaten nine of them, which is mind-blowing. The one team they haven't beat is the Florida Panthers. And there's no better time than right now because I don't think the Sabres are going into the into this you know, trip uh, to Florida and saying, okay, we've got to win these two games and then we've got to win um, three out of the next four of the... Uh, they're looking at one game at a time. You can't look any further than just the game ahead of you. Go and give your best. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, I think the Sabres can beat Florida Panthers. I honestly believe that if they're playing show up and i and listen i'm not trying to discredit i'm not trying to discredit i'm trying to just kind of give you my theory on all those wins against those top teams those top teams come in they see the sabers have been struggling against shit teams maybe they don't i don't want to say play down to their level but maybe they don't come out and play their brand of hockey and the sabers take advantage of that and maybe that's what's happened I would like to believe that it's because the Sabres can be as dominant as those teams, but I don't think that's the case right now. So I think they just, the Sabres, in theory, played afraid to get blown out by those teams. Yeah. And they might surprise themselves some night. So Can I ask you another question? And I don't know the answer to this. Have the Sabres beat the Oilers? I think the answer is no, right? Why don't you just go look it up? Oh, I could, answer your, answer your but you're, you're, my, you're my encyclopedia. Editor, I think the the Sabers beat the Red Wings. The Sabers have beat Tampa Bay, correct? They um, beat the L.A. Kings. Out of fifteen teams, fifteen of the top teams in the NHL right now, the Sabers have beaten uh, nine, ten, eleven, twelve of the top fifteen teams. And I'm not sure about Edmonton. They've beaten everybody. But here's the here's the shitty part. They've lost uh they've lost to San Jose. They've lost to Anaheim. They've lost to Columbus. Lost they've to lost Anaheim to twice. Anaheim twice. They lost to Arizona once in Arizona, yeah. two nothing. That's right. They lost to the Montreal Canadiens. They've lost to the Senators. They've lost to Pittsburgh. They've lost to the Kraken. They've lost to Calgary. They lost to the Islanders. They've lost to the bottom teams in the league. <laughs> They're beating the top teams and losing to the bottom teams. And uh that's why I feel that the Sabres have a chance to beat any team in this league. When you, when you have right now a goaltender that has clearly, clearly taken over the number one position. They have not uh, beaten we, the Oilers this year. Okay. We are talking about Ukepeka Lukanen. That's because they play the March 9th and March 21st. Okay, that's that's good to know. That'll that'll be awesome. That'll be exciting. Um. But Ukapek Lukanen's on freaking fire. Since since like January first, he's like one of the top goaltenders, like clearly one of the top cold goaltenders in the league. He's been just insane. Given his team I, a chance to win. 
They need two or four points on this road trip. That's all I'll say about that. Looking for a night out? Maybe go watch a game at a bar? Maybe even have a nice fancy dinner? Who knows? I might even get crazy and play some bets while I'm at it. And there's only one place to do all that. Only at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. You can hit up Stick Sports Bar and Grill, grab an unbelievable steak at the Western Door, gamble at the casino, or even play some bets at the sports book. All in one location at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. By far, without question, this season, the most surprising team is the Ottawa Senators with what's happened to them. Yeah. I thought I thought in the Eastern Conference, Ottawa, Detroit, and Buffalo were the three teams in the last two years that were ready and sat around the, out of the playoffs for long enough to kind of make that jump back up into the standings. And Detroit's done that. Buffalo's kind of hovered in the same or a little bit lower, but Detroit or Ottawa has completely, completely just taken a dump. Very surprising. Um, I think have some players that are still underachieving, trying to find their game. You, you know, you're gonna win. You're gonna win hockey games with your best player playing their best hockey. That's how this goes. You're either you're either winning because you're a goaltender and he's hot, or you're winning because you have uh, a really good, strong defensive system and you and you're opportunistic and scoring and you just shut down teams, or or you're a powerhouse offensive team that will just overwhelm teams with their offense. And right now, Ottawa is not getting great goaltending. It's horrible. Um, they are not defending well at all, and they're not scoring enough goals. Period. So they're, you know, they're they're not playing up to expectations right now. They just fired their coach this year. You know, they've got Jacques Martin behind the bench, who's you know, listen, he's a temporary fit. He's just there to finish out the season and just play grandfather to these guys. So. But the owner wants a new rank. You need to find a new coach. You've got to make some adjustments on your roster. And Ottawa's not a very desired place to play. I mean, you know, you got Claude Giroux because he's from across the river there. Like, you, it's not like you went and, and you know, Debrinket wanted out and he left. And now he's killing it in Detroit, the team that you were supposed to be competing against for these wildcard spots. Right, um, yeah. You go out and trade for Chikrin. Okay. You know, can't say that's paid off yet. And, and, the, and the crazy and thing is Chikrin go, is you, on the on the on the trade pay, block. Yeah, and you pay Sanderson shit tons of money. They went out and got a goaltender. And Corpusalo is horrendous. I mean, his numbers are terrible. Um Jake, Jacob Chikrin was brought in here to be one of the saviors on the back end. Uh, he's minus 15. He's got 30 points in 56 games. I don't know if, if, if they're calling this a success, there's, there's just players. They brought in, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. They needed him to go off and he has not gone off. He scored 15 goals, which is not bad, but it's not good. It's not great. They need much more. Josh Norris, who missed all of last year, who was one of their top centermen's 
you know, he's, he's got 30 points and 60 and 16 goals in 49 games. And that's not good enough for, for a number one or number two center on a team. That's it. So their, their, their top players right now are, are, are still trying to find their game. And that's why they're in the situation that they're in right now. But you, you're going to see some changes. You're going to see changes there because I, I think in Ottawa, they want to start to push the envelope to to be a playoff team, very much like the Buffalo Sabres. But I would take the Buffalo Sabres roster over Ottawa any day of the week. I think I think Buffalo has a very strong core of players and in order for this team to make the jump, to really make the jump into the playoffs, they need about three or four changes on their team. Very similar rosters. Not that we need to dissect it anymore. I just, I'm looking at the standings and I was thinking, you know, the two most disappointing teams this year for, for me, at least in the Eastern conference, but the West is pretty much, you know, where everything should be. I might say Arizona. I expected more out of them, but you know, it's Arizona. But in the East, Buffalo and Ottawa are the two biggest disappoint- disappointments in the Eastern Conference. And the yeah, Eastern well, Conference, listen. I think the thing is about the East, there are five teams that are monsters. It, I don't know if you want to throw Tampa Bay in the monster mix. If you do that six after that, everyone is very, very, very similar. Yes. Ottawa is very young, though. Fifth youngest team in the league. Buffalo is tied for, I think, first youngest team in the league. So when you have extremely youthful teams, there are a lot of players that don't understand quite yet in their careers um, how tight it is, the difference between a win and a loss. How tight it is um, and, and understanding the long season of an NHL of an NHL season. Younger players seem to struggle with that and they have ebbs and flows. They have waves up and down in their play. They're not consistent. They can play insane one night and be very lost in the next night. And I think that when you look at the Sabres roster, when you look at Ottawa's roster, they're very young. They're very um they're still trying to understand how to win hockey games and I can't stand hearing this because I've heard it for literally well over a decade here in Buffalo. That being said, that's the case here in Buffalo. That's, that is literally the case. There's, there's a few factors why we sit where we sit right now in Buffalo. Cause we've, we've got some pretty good solid goaltending um, for the last month or two, but the start of the season, when we had three goaltenders, it was not a good start. We lost games. Our goaltending wasn't great. There was no rhythm. Now we have a rhythm. Now we have Ukapekalukanen that is clearly the number one guy, has taken it over, and he's helping this team win hockey games. The other thing is you, you have an Owen Power, for an example, that had the ability to be out, injured. He had the ability to sit back and watch some games take things in. He's a super young uh, player and watching him. And we discussed this at the start of the year, PD in the first 15, 20 games of the season, 
Owen power was all over the place. There was no structure and understanding of when to go and when not to go. And there was a lot of breakdowns defensively, a lot of two on ones, three on twos that translated into goals against. You had a young forward line that did not bring in new blood. They did not bring in players. So now all of a sudden, when you look at it all, the Sabres are in a good spot. They have a very good hockey team. They just need a few changes and they need those younger players to continue to mature and develop. And that's, it's just the case. You just need to play Darlene just a, a smidge under 30 minutes a night, every night. And you give yourself the best chance. When I heard that conversation today on shred and rag and I, it's incredible to me when I heard that, that he's playing that much. Who's that's like Chara type ice time. Well, there's, there's defensemen. There's not a lot of defensemen that can do it. That's just, we'll put it that way. He's playing 31, 43 in the last game against Carolina. He's a, he, I mean, if you can have Darlene on the ice more then you want him on the ice because that's how good he is. I don't have a problem playing him 25 to 30 minutes. If he can handle those minutes, okay, and his body doesn't start to break down mentally and physically, then then you play him. Do you remember, do you remember um who was it? Uh uh Suter. Ryan Suter was played the most minutes, him and Drew Doughty for a long period of time. Those two players together played more minutes than any other defenseman. And they were averaging, you know, 27, 28, 29, 30 minutes a night. Where most defensemen, most elite defensemen like Rasmus Dahlin would be playing around 24, 25. These guys could handle that workload. because and, and, and listen, if you can handle the workload, then get them on the ice. Because having Rasmus Dahlin on the ice more is going to make your team better. Period. But you know, I, I'm I, I I'm sure Don Gernado and the coaching staff is keeping a very close eye on Dahlin and how he's performing. If he if he looks like he's fatiguing out then you got to drop his his minutes back a little bit and that's fine but if he's not fatiguing out then you want Rasmus Dahlin on the ice as much as humanly possible that's it for today for after the whistle presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino nothing else comes close